This is Yulei Stratem. Today I'm hosting Andre. Continuing the series about change, this episode of Skills for Mars Transitions is hosting a serial entrepreneur. Andre is sharing his stories of success and failure, learning from every single experience, having courage, taking risks, coming back, and doing it all over again. He deals with constant change, and with every venture, he needs to adapt to different markets, customers, and business models. I hope his story will inspire you to become your own boss, be better prepared for adversities, and make the career switch you dreamt of. If you do find these types of conversations useful, you can support the podcast by subscribing to it. To access the video podcast and subscribe for free to my YouTube channel, go to youtube.com forward slash skills for Mars and hit the subscribe button. Alternatively, you can go to www.skillsformars.com and click the YouTube confirm your subscription button. And now I give you Andre. everyone and welcome to the Skills for Mars Transitions podcast. This is a new episode and I'm hosting today Andre and of course we're going to talk about change. Andre, welcome to the Skills for Mars Transitions. Hi. Hi. Thanks for inviting me. And I'm uh, looking forward to to seeing what uh, what comes up on today's. (laughs) It's my pleasure to host you uh, because I I really, you know, we've spoken about it. I really like your uh, career as an entrepreneur and the kind of changes you've been through. So I'm kind of looking forward to go through your story and through your journey and see what has worked, what hasn't worked and share that with everyone. Okay. Cool. Before we go into the details, like I do with everyone else, would you be okay to just share a bit your journey, uh, where you started, where you are right now, maybe a bit about the changes that you've been through, and then we will we will uh, go into the details as we progress. Okay. Uh, I guess uh, my, my first entrepreneurial uh, story became when I was in college. Uh, this is when I launched my first company. And uh, we were doing uh, computer parts and uh, network uh, cabling for for companies. I was a student and uh, it was more of a hustle, let's say, than a company. (laughs) But uh, we didn't know anything. We didn't know anything about business. We didn't know about anything about accounting, cash flows, financing the business. Everything was bootstrapped and... uh, it was interesting because uh, I don't know we had projects where we were definitely not prepared for for those. We we were understaffed. Actually, we were two guys, and we were taking uh, contracts that and deadlines that were absolutely unrealistic. And uh, we also found ways to deliver. Uh, we were hiring. 20 students uh, with something that was like beer money and uh, they were all all working, some of them without any kind of paperwork, of course, and uh, but we were finishing the the job usually in time. Um, Was it cabling for IT systems or? It was, yeah, network cabling. Network cabling. Yeah, we did a business, uh, an office building in two weeks Mm -hmm. and we I know it was like 7,000 meters of cable. 
and we didn't know anything about it before that. You know, and, and we we did everything by uh, by the deadline, and it was. Uh, but again, it was a hustle. It wasn't uh, I don't know the, the everyday routine of uh, with procedures and stuff like this, like you're doing a business in a regular business. Uh, after that, I got hired. Uh, for a, the distributor of Apple products here in Romania. Uh, and I was in charge of logistics for uh, for them. And they needed to keep the warehousing and stuff like this. And uh, after three months, I uh, realized it wasn't efficient to have a logistic managers and it was much easier for them to just externalize everything to a warehouse. Uh, so I basically lost my job by myself. I, I, I lost my job because uh, there was no point. It was much more efficient for the company to, to have an external uh, warehouse. Uh, but they were friendly enough and they offered me another position. So I entered in sales. Uh, uh, Apple was uh, going for the educational vertical mm -hmm. in uh, Eastern Europe. And uh, at first, I handled uh, education for Romania for a couple of years, I think. And after that, uh, they, the, the group that uh, the distributor was part of, uh, they promoted me to a regional manager. I was in charge of take over about 10 countries. I traveled a lot. Uh, that was the time when I realized I don't like traveling that much because I was basically living out of a suitcase for half a year. Um, then it was 2008. Uh, it was the crisis in uh, US. Uh, we were doing huge increases year by year uh, with, App, with Apple. And uh, that was the first year when I said, uh, this is not going to be this the same the next year. We were doing 300% increase year over year. And the management got used to that and they were expecting that. And, uh, that's when I told them that if we do 25% increase, we're lucky. They said, I'm a bit of a pessimist and we should uh, reevaluate. And I said, I'm not going to choose a, a bigger target than this. Uh, I think they did 23% next year. And the uh, retail went 200% under because the wave reached Europe and uh, yeah. Um, so they gave you a promotion, I hope. Because it's, it's no, good to have I, someone predicting exactly what's going to happen to the business. Yeah, I, 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 moved, I, moved from, I moved from the education market, uh, the, the education vertical to uh, corporate, corporate and government. Uh, and I was in charge more or less of partnerships and alliances and uh, trying to influence uh, some decisions uh, in our favor, let's say. Um, after six months, I realized I'm much more comfortable working with corporate than with government. <laughs> uh, because, I don't know, some, some interactions were uh, not really my cup of tea. And... Uh, Although I'm not a corporate guy, I do appreciate uh, structure and the structure within the company. Sometimes it's a bit too much bureaucracy, but uh, I, I do appreciate that more than uh, what's happening in 
in the public uh, sector. Domain, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in this whole period, I also had different startups that I was involved in. Some had nothing to do with IT, like an Italian restaurant for two and a half years, uh, or a transport company, or AR and uh, VR uh, startup. Well, and, and right now, so you gave up, I think, Appcom, right? Uh, about 2015, if I'm right. Uh, but then... So. And then the, the, was, all the other companies yeah, were as a consultant. Okay, all the other companies are are uh, your own companies. Yeah, all the other companies are my companies. Yeah. What's the latest that you've started? Well, in 2012, uh, I started iTrade with mm -hmm. uh, with my business partner. Uh, we we are doing only business to business system integration. Uh, uh, sub distribution of Apple products because we knew this. We basically target the telcos, banks, and large corporations. Um, and last year, as a, under the same umbrella of the same company, we started a new project uh, called My Benefits, which uh, is a loyalty platform, an incentive platform. We built from scratch. Uh, because we also decided that uh, we should have a different kind of uh, revenue stream other than moving boxes, because we don't see moving boxes going way too far from now on. Is there a common thread, uh, thread that connects between all them? of between between the companies, between all the ventures that you've started, all the ideas that you've had? I don't know if some of them, yeah, some of them are connected. Some okay. of them are connected. Uh, I mean, in this last two, we definitely use the the suppliers that we have from iTrade. It's definitely helpful in this company. Uh, we use the same financing lines. We have, yeah, we have, we have the logistics here. We have. Uh, Employees that we can shift from uh, from one project to another if needed in that uh, at a certain time. So yeah, it helps. We also have the connections that we can use. Is there any common thread for you? Why you've started one, gave up another? Curiosity. Okay. And I sometimes get really excited about an idea, and I start writing stuff down, and I start building it up and I try to find why I shouldn't do it. And if I can't find enough reasons why I shouldn't do it, and I'm still excited by the end of the process, <laughs> I'm usually starting it, yeah. Okay, so how many do you have you had in parallel? Um, usually two, maximum three, because mm -hmm. I realized that over, in, and in time I, I usually just kept with two because you cannot be involved in three. It's, it's way too complicated to, to manage. You're going to do a poor job in all three. Because I wanted uh, to ask, how many how many hours does it take a day? It takes more than a day in one usual day to, to run all of them and all the people. Uh, it depends. If you have a good team, 
then uh, it's much easier. And uh, if you have a good team that's self-managing, we're looking for people that they don't need to be micromanaged. I mean, mm -hmm. people that understand what you want to do, that understand that uh, you'll offer them all the help that they need at any time. And uh, they can do the, the, the goals, added to reach the goals in whatever way they think it's, uh, it's best. So yeah, I do rely a lot on, on the people that we work with. And I do not want, and I no longer put so many hours. And I don't ask that from anybody else, employees in Korea. Did any of the businesses fail? Oh yeah. <laughs> what what made them fail is related am, to you let's let's get this thing clear mm -hmm. i am not a successful entrepreneur i'm just okay. an entrepreneur. <laughs> okay but it usually said that you need to have at least 10 businesses that will fail fail to become really successful right that's the yeah, average apparently that. in the industry i, I don't know right. we had we had businesses that uh, that failed we had businesses that just slowly died because the, I don't know, the market or something changed and the, in time it, uh, the margins decreased or the, the, the market shrink or there was way too much competition and, it, and you decide to, to kill it or to let go. It's very important when you're doing this not to get too emotionally attached to something. It's, yeah, a lot of people end up failing badly because they don't know when stop. Uh, yeah, and being so curious usually helps me have different backup ideas in, uh, in the pipeline so that we can uh, implement more or less, yeah. Is it important to have backup ideas or was it important for you to have backup ideas so you don't freeze in panic that, hey, it's going to die, there's no revenue, what am I going to do? I think so. I mean, it helped me, I think, the, the fact that I thought of stuff like this and I was thinking and I would sometimes had, had some ideas that I couldn't uh, implement because I didn't have time and energy to do them, but they were at the back of my mind that, yeah, that helped because you can start over with something new and you get excited again. And um, But yeah, there are a lot of people that... They cling on what they had, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. And uh, they, they refuse to adapt, maybe. And uh, they, they're doing stuff like they did 10 years ago. And probably it worked. Uh, and it's very, very complicated to get out of that comfort zone and take risks again and start something new. And So how are you doing it? Because that's the whole purpose of this discussion. How do you manage to get out? You know it's failing. You know it's going to die. Yeah. You still put your heart and soul into the business. Uh, you know you have to kill it or that, yeah, it's just going away. So how do you get the strength and courage to just move on, invest more money, invest more time, and move to something new? I don't know. Anyway, IKEA had a had a commercial with an old lamp that was out in the rain and uh, there was a, a I don't know, close-up on it and it looked like it was crying and 
and it was looking inside the, the, the apartment of uh, where it lived before and uh, there was a new brand new lamp in its place and the commercial ended with it's just a lamp it, it's a business you don't get attached to it it's i mean you shouldn't get attached to it mm -hmm. it's it's not a person it doesn't have feelings it's only you in your head you you get attached to it and again you get to do something new that's exciting you failed several times or it yeah. just died several times yeah the third time the fourth time how do I, how are you still saying hey it's going to be exciting <laughs> most probably at some point it's going to die which is the case with most of the businesses nowadays. most of the business yeah yeah i don't know it's... what makes you stand up is it i don't know say i'm going to do it one more time with this one, we, we started in 2012. Uh, since I started this company, I've been involved with two other startups. Uh, when, when, one when I was in US, and another one when I came back uh, to, to Bucharest. And uh, both of them failed. Uh, one because of you know startup drama, the other one because at the end of the day there was no market for our product. Although we invested time, energy, money, and a lot of excitement. But yeah, it's it's like a game. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I don't see myself as a career man. I don't really care what's uh, on my. LinkedIn profile to I don't, know, I, I don't need to advance to anything else. Um, I'm definitely not making that LinkedIn account so I can get a job somewhere because I don't think I'll be very happy in a corporate environment. That's I mean that's my feeling right now. I've I've been on my own for maybe too long and it's uh, it's created a different mindset for me. Um, but I don't know. It's having having I trade, for instance, for uh, for so long and keeping it going. It's uh, you you have something you have something rooted, and uh, yeah, when you find something that's even better, maybe you invest more time and energy and money into the other one. Were there any? lessons you've learned from the failures you've had in entrepreneurship something yes. that helped you build better businesses make better decisions uh, i think after each one there was uh, there was a lesson uh, first it's good to have a plan at the beginning uh, but from experience so far, that plan helps just start start the business because most of the time the reality hits you really hard and uh, you have to pivot and uh, be very very um, adaptable to, to to change and have quick reactions. Otherwise, if you think that the plan is uh, the way to go, you you have less chances of succeeding from my point of view. 
we learned we learned a lot about finance, about insurance, about uh, keeping keeping everything safe. So so you don't die if I don't know your company dies if you have a client that doesn't pay at one time or stuff like this. So yeah, we we learned a lot. We learned that the team and the people are very very important, and the chemistry with your shareholders it's crucial because if it's a very good idea and everybody's enthusiastic but some people refuse to work or they have uh, let's just say not so much flexibility in their their approach uh, you're gonna have a lot of drama and business can can go can go on with this so i guess you're looking for pretty much spirits people that are entrepreneurs themselves as well or understand this uh, kind of idea because they have to pivot with you and they have to understand the change and yeah. the transformation that they have to go through yeah usually i'm i'm really enthusiastic about what i'm thinking and uh, when I'm, when i'm pitching the, the the idea so yeah people usually get on board most of the time, people get on board with uh, with this. But again, there are times when uh, egos may intervene in both ways, and uh, doesn't end up well. When are you getting afraid? Are, are there any fears when you start new? When uh, the business is ongoing? When when do you ever have this feeling? I think you have. Yeah. At least I, uh, I have more fears when the business is ongoing uh, than when I start. Because when I start, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm really fast changing, changing lanes if, if needed. Uh, but when you have everything in place and uh, there's a business that has its routine and you just want to improve it and just grow it piece by piece, uh, then a, sh- uh, a major, sh- a major change brings the shock, and it's uh, from my point of view, it's more scary than uh, happens at the beginning of the, the journey. Let's say. Tell me about your successful businesses. How did you know they were or they were going to be successful? Okay. I didn't know with any of them. <laughs> you just realized at one point, and uh, I mean, it depends. It depends what you want from it. What What do you want from work? What do you want? What's your satisfaction? Uh, do you need to get more money? Do you need uh, recognition? Or do you need free time that you can buy with with uh, with the money that you make. Um, I was not an avid uh, growth hacker, let's say, because that comes with uh, a lot of involvement in time and energy. And uh, you lose something that I think it's more important. You lose time and you lose yourself. In life. In life, yeah. And uh, I think you must, Keep your life separate from 
work. I mean, work, you do it because you have to do it, more or less, but it shouldn't be the purpose of your life. I mean, I don't think I should, and I, I don't know, I identify myself as what I'm doing. I would be changing my personality a lot. And no, that doesn't, that doesn't, uh, doesn't work for you. Yeah, it doesn't work for you. Okay. So what have, how, at some point you did realize that businesses were successful, right? Yeah. Did you stay with them? Did you move on to a new one? Because somehow I get the feeling that you are happy with the beginnings. I like beginnings, yes. <laughs> uh, well, with this, the, the latest project, uh, with, uh, we, I decided because I have a very good uh, relationship with my, with my partner and we are, you know, we have mixed skills that, uh, that go well together. Uh, I decided we should start um, businesses inside our company. This is why we started this project, which is completely different. We're doing software development and comp services, and we it's definitely nothing that has to do with uh, what we're doing right now as a main uh, as a main activity. Mm -hmm. um, but I pitched to him. And if together we can find any reasons, because I, I always, and he always pitches to me when he has an idea, uh, because we're both afraid of the blind spots that we have. And if both of us can see the blind spots, then we're okay. And we have different type of, uh, I don't know, conversion to risk or love. Mm -hmm. I like taking risks more, and uh, some sometimes and somehow he's um, balancing me some somehow, so I don't uh, go in on something that should should be done. And yeah, we're trying to invest using this this company, and uh, even the even though we are hiring people as employees, we believe in entrepreneurship somehow. Mm -hmm. So everybody's motivated to, to do their job and they're uh, compensated, let's say, as if they were a shareholder in the company. We provide the infrastructure, the management, the financing, and uh, they just do their jobs. And if we win, we all win. And it's ongoing. You told me about your partner and the fact that together you see each other's blind spots. Yeah. How important, did you have the same partner, sorry, for, uh, for a long time? Or uh, I think, I think with, with him, we had, I've had the longest relationship. We mm -hmm. started our first business in 2004. And uh, one way or another, we've been, uh, we've been involved in several businesses together. How important is it for you to have someone to bounce ideas off? Very important. Because otherwise you're creating, uh, you're creating a story in your head, which may not be very realistic at one point. And you need the harsh truth. I mean, mm -hmm. you don't need people kissing your ass and telling you, this is a great idea. I can't wait to, for you to 
to do it and uh, let us know how it works. And uh, that's definitely not helping. In any yeah, way. you can go to your family and they can say the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, but I always, I always prefer uh, direct, uh, direct input, even if it's negative, even, even best if it's negative. Yeah. Okay. Are there? Because I've asked you about lessons that you've learned for businesses that didn't go well. Are there lessons that you've learned from businesses that were successful? Yeah, patience. I have to have patience okay. from my point of view. Uh, I don't believe in overnight success. Mm -hmm. uh, like you see in I don't know, Silicon Valley, that uh, there's one company that explodes in two years and becomes uh, billions in valuations and stuff like this. Uh, this is yeah, probably why they're called unicorns. Uh, but 99% of the businesses, it's a lot of hard work and it takes a lot of time to build and to do repetitive work, let's say. I, that, that, I guess that's why you like the beginnings, right? Probably, yeah. <laughs> so I've heard that you like structure planning but planning which is flexible yeah uh, you're uh, you like uh, patience right bouncing yeah. idea of someone so having someone you trust are there any other skills knowledge behaviors that you rely on when you either start or or develop a business that you know that hey these are the top what i need and yeah to, to get it going don't be afraid don't mm -hmm. have to be afraid i mean Last time when we were in Amsterdam, I found something in a, I don't know, it was in a bar or something, and it said, your comfort zone will kill you. Yeah, your comfort zone will kill you. So what's, what's the worst thing that can happen if you start something new? Well, you can fail. You can fail, yeah. And you can start again. Maybe you'll fail again. Again and again. And you can be failing for the rest of your life. I mean, that would be really sad, but usually that doesn't happen. At one point you do learn something and Hopefully, you yes. succeed. Yeah, yeah. you succeed, you move forward. How do you, because you fail, right? You, you say have the courage and then you'll fail and maybe you'll fail two times, three times, four times. Yeah. How do you manage the relationship with your friends, with your family? that might at some point, or you might think that they see you as a failure or they might actually even see you as a failure. Did that ever happen to you? How did you no. manage that? No. no. I just tell them, this is it. We're closing that, we're starting something new. Yeah, I think so as well. It's a matter something, more of how you, you present you create, it. You, you're creating that, I don't know, uh, the need for confirmation from others in your head. I mean, if they're not involved in the business, why why would you care? Some people do care. And then for us, because we are social beings, beings, a lot of the people actually care about what the rest of the world says. Are they seen as a failure or are they seen as, as uh, really successful? Yeah, and that sometimes it... might stop them for, for really starting something new or, or just getting up and... Uh, Moving on. I don't know. I, I think for me, the, the ability of having this kind of freedom 
to be my own boss and to take my decisions and to see where those lead me, it's more important than uh, having a, I don't know, a safe social uh, uh, profile, let's say. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with failing. <laughs> Yeah, I can. Okay. I can hear it. You like risk. Yeah. You're okay with failing. <laughs> yeah. I, again, it's. I don't think everybody should do it if they're not comfortable with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but change is good. From time to time, change is good. And uh, I was talking to somebody a couple of days ago. And there are a lot of people in corporate uh, environments that you you see they're they're not okay there. They're not happy there. There's so many layers of middle management that don't know what's their purpose in life. <laughs> what what are they doing there? That's that's sad. It is. Very... Take a leap. Take a leap. Do something else. Try something else. I don't say that you should. Uh, you can be whatever you want, and you can do whatever you think. Because that's not realistic. I mean, you cannot all be Austrians and uh, I don't know. It, it doesn't work like that. Try to do something that you enjoy at least somehow or gives you some satisfaction. A lot of people, you know, they go to work with absolutely no satisfaction at all. And that's sad. It is because usually in corporate, in, in big corporations because in smaller companies i think it's a bit different you're a part of something but in yeah. bigger corporations especially in this uh, matrix environment where everyone has two bosses and the two bosses have four bosses and uh, and so on and everyone is somewhere in middle management they get lost the message gets lost the, me- the meaning gets lost so you wake up every morning and you go and you're a mouse in a wheel and that's exactly it. yeah no, nothing else nothing else happens so let's say someone wants to start a business would you say that they need um certain amount of money to start it would they need a sort of a backup what happens what would you tell someone that says yeah i'm going to take a leap i've listened to andre and i'm going to take a leap even if i fail i've seen someone who failed multiple times he's still there he's still doing it he's now successful so what would you say for someone that is really new well First, it depends. When it comes to money, it depends what you want to do. It depends on the business that you want to do. Some businesses you can do, I don't know, with just your computer. And try to do a pilot, validate it, have an NCV, let's say. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's an NCV? What's a pilot? um, A pilot, you do something that you can test. You can test on, uh, on a batch of people, on a batch of possible clients, and you see if, uh, if you have any kind of feedback on that. And uh, you start from there. If you, think, if you think this is working, you build a minimum viable, uh, minimum viable product, uh, an MVP. Uh, and you try to sell that. You don't try to put a lot of stuff on it. You just try to sell the core of your business or your idea. And first you do it by yourself. You don't need different people. You don't need, I don't know, developers. It depends on the business that you're doing. I don't know. I wouldn't go just for uh, software development or uh, IT startups or stuff like this. It depends. Do a plan. Do the math with 
a cash flow, uh, see what would, you would need for one year, see if you can get financing, mm-hmm. see how much money you would be able to invest by yourself, try to sell this to angel investors. It depends. Usually, from my point of view, I like bootstraps. Mm-hmm. I like to start slow and just build up on that and see how it works. Um, some may be interested in, I don't know, fail fast and move on. Mm-hmm. That's different. And then you can get VC money or taking or angel in, or angel money and uh, or your grandma's money and stuff like this. And you can invest them. <laughs> Yeah, it may be easier with the grandma money, money uh, yeah. if she has uh, if she has a lot of money. How important are finance skills and people skills and sales skills? How important are these three skills when you start a business? I think all of them are very important. And if one person doesn't have them all, I think uh, this is why you need uh, partners. This mm-hmm. is why you get uh, different associates that can uh, and co-founders because you need people that can uh, hit the the right mix together yes very important yeah i think from my point of view people skills are the most important because you need to attract people to whatever you're doing even if you're selling or trying to attract money you still need people skills so i think that's the most important for my point of view so if they would have to choose from one of them to start developing that would be people skills yeah okay and then have an advisor maybe for finance yeah or maybe get somebody a partner for sales it. yeah mm-hmm. yeah Yeah, and, and uh, actually, this was one of the other requests that I had before, be, besides change agility to discuss about the uh, people skills, because they're getting more and more uh, important, especially with the gig economy, especially with people coming out of the of the corporate world, and more and more people would like to do that and have a business on their own. So yeah. I know uh, I advocate for for entrepreneurship. What are your thoughts? What would be the pluses that you see in entrepreneurship? And why entrepreneurship versus the corporate world? For me, it's, I don't know, being, again, like I said, being able to be my own boss. And uh, nobody tells me when and what I have to do. And if I fail, I fail because I chose to do something that was wrong and I'm responsible for this. It, again, it gives you a lot of responsibility especially when you do have other employees for instance you don't need to uh fuck it up let's say mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it comes with a lot of satisfaction because it's it's yours you made it all, all of it yeah yeah, it's like it's like uh, it. That's why people get, I think, attached to their uh, businesses because it is like part of you. It is like family. It is like a child that you are developing, and I think yeah. that's why people get attached and they 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 have hard times giving up. I have one more question, which I think I didn't ask because I didn't hear you say anything about it. And I think one other thing that stops people from 
relishing in, in failing and learning and doing it again is family because they have someone that they need to support and they are, fe they, they are fearful that they will not be able to do that or they will not be able to contribute to um, that income. How do you deal yeah, with that? that's true. Well, in, in my case, having usually, I don't know, two businesses in parallel, it was never usually the case. So I end up bankrupt or stuff like this. Mm -hmm. So, or having, and this is something that I keep telling people, you work in a corporate environment and you have a daytime job that is, you can still put in a couple of hours a day into your business and see if you can bootstrap it. You don't have to go directly and, I don't know, uh, quit quit or, uh, I don't know, rent uh, an office space, uh, hire 20 people and uh, you can start slow. Start slow. Do both in parallel as much as you can. And when you are comfortable with this, take the, take the leap. But yeah, I understand what you say. Money and financial security is uh, it's um, it's a big turn off when it comes to entrepreneurship. Yeah. It can be definitely. Yeah. From where you are, uh, Andre, an, an entrepreneur, you've worked previously in companies, uh, different companies. You had different kinds of businesses, whether it was logistics, IT, cabling, whatever. How do you see the future of work from where you stand? Okay. Uh, I think it's going to be more relaxed. Okay. I, or at least I hope so. Okay. I was going to ask, think <laughs> or hope? <laughs> uh, we are more relaxed. I mean, for us, this is okay. We, we, we don't, we have a policy and we don't care when and if people come to the office, mm -hmm. as long as uh, customers are not impacted and the business is not impacted. Uh, you can work from home. Uh, and you don't have to let me know about this. Uh, or you can take days off as long as you manage to cover this with your with your colleagues. So everything is uh, is still running mm -hmm. smoothly. So people do trade-offs like this in the exchange days and stuff like this. Um, and I think it's it's okay. And when we are hiring people, we tell them, look, we are spending so much time of uh, each day together. So it should be a relaxed uh, environment. It should be, it should be okay to come to work, not because you have to come to work and because it's, it's something that it's not a burden. It's not, you're not mm -hmm. doing this just for the money because you need, you need uh, finances to, to support your life. And Again, if if somebody is not feeling fully productive in uh, I don't know, let's say in the afternoon, I don't need them to be at the office. If just to be at the office, mm -hmm. I don't know, go watch a movie, go into the park, and you'll be much more productive tomorrow. I think the hours that are going to be and the, the schedule and the Work week will be shorter, mm -hmm. or at least I hope so. Again, we are trying to do so much with uh, robots and software robots and automation. 
it would be a pity to waste so much time working on, uh, on stuff that can, uh, it's not really that efficient. Yeah, definitely in some, some aspects, robots can be more efficient than us, especially in repetitive tasks. So we can have yeah. time for doing something different. Yeah, I was, I was reading uh, somewhere about uh, Kellogg's, mm -hmm. the, the, the cornflake company. In the Great Recession, I think they, they switched from uh, eight hours or 10 hours a day to six hours a day. And uh, their productivity decreased only with 6%, which is not uh, proportional with uh, the time involved. In, mm -hmm. and, and Ford something, did something like this again with a three-week, three uh, a three-day uh, working week. Working week, yeah. Yeah, and it was, uh, again, they, they realized that overworking and uh, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't increase production. No, it doesn't. And I think they've done the same in Japan. Yeah, so so there are places in which they've tried this and it, you do get more creative and you get to get more, more efficient if you work a bit less. Yeah, and people, they, they're getting happier. They get to spend time with their family, with their friends. They get to do something that they like. I mean, they'll, they, their brains will be more efficient the next day than if you put them uh, on overtime. Yeah, but yeah, there there is this uh, ongoing debate whether what do you find as meaningful in life, and is this job is this the job? And of course, the com the corporations would like you to go that way, right? And yeah. everyone is is uh, praising that. Yeah, of course, it's not you're not doing it for money, you're not doing it for anything else, you're doing it for the joy of doing it. And uh, you might even have psychologists who tell you that yeah, this is uh, the job gives you meaning. For me, it's my life gives me meaning. And then I can I, find different I'm projects. Totally, I totally agree with you. I can find different projects except for the actual from, work. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that you don't do because you have to work. Yes. Or stay at uh, work, stay in an office. Because, just because... Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the schedule. And exactly. you have to be there or you'll be judged or, uh, I don't know, marked as a low performer or stuff mm -hmm. like this because you're not present at all the meetings that yes generate <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's very very i think now in uh, europe we are going towards this more flexible way of working and the gig economy and and it's pretty much yeah. embraced i th us even though they started this i think they are not as far ahead and asia is definitely lagging behind asia no, i think is going from my point of view yes it's still they're working their asses off yeah for, yeah. in, in an office in, in an office only dreaming of office. retirement i mean that's yeah. Uh, yeah. that's the mindset yeah after we retire then life starts Come on, i don't want my life to start then i don't know maybe we'll be working until we're 80 from now on <laughs> right? let's try to live some, yeah, some would say some that we are part. spoiled in europe yeah probably <laughs> so but again i found something i found something on, on this matter there's uh uh was Oscar Wilde that said that uh, hard work is uh, is like a refuge for the people that don't know what else to do. Yes. And that's come on, that's sad. You you must have something else to do than work. It, but some people call work even if they have a project or they do something fun and they still call it work. So I think that's this concept of forever. 
being engaged in something forever working, which I think okay. is not, yeah. It then, doesn't apply to what you were telling about yes. the corporate environment where uh, exactly. yeah, most of the people don't do this because uh, they really enjoy it. They, 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 yeah. I don't they find that up, they enjoy it. They end, it. Up, they they end, end up, up identifying themselves as their job and their position. And their yes, that is amazing how many do that. That is that yeah. is incredible. And then it's hard for them to escape and it's hard for them to move from being an employee to being an entrepreneur, no matter how much they wish for it. Yeah. Or just taking time off, just mm -hmm. going on a sabbatical, you know, and live your life. Do whatever yes. else makes you happy. <laughs> so what else do you see the, for the future of work? So flex, uh, less working hours, more flexible schedules, more time for us to do something different than work and find meaning in something different. Is there anything else that you see from where you sit and with the multitude of people that you're dealing with? Uh, working from home, it's definitely something that's really catching on. Mm -hmm. A lot of companies I see they're doing this. Um, some of them because it's uh, cool to say that, but uh, that doesn't really happen in all of the companies. It's, uh, now they have to do it. Now they have to do it. I think, yeah, this, uh, this virus uh, implements a lot of uh, yes. good working procedures. Exactly. <laughs> and fast forward. Um, something else? I don't know. I'm curious, uh, I'm curious when uh, uh, we were talking about automation earlier and I, I don't know if, if and what will happen to a lot of people when uh, their jobs will be redundant? And that's I'm, I'm curious about that. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm very concerned about the uh, low-skilled people. I mean, yeah. You have cashiers, you have taxi drivers, you have bank tellers, yeah. who some of them unfortunately can't even count. You have well, a mass of people you have a, yeah and then i think that's that's where the big uh, the big issue will be and uh, yeah that's where the universal income comes uh, comes in to take to need to, to yeah but something. that's not really that's not really compatible with capitalism no <laughs> that's and, uh, most probably why we don't have it yet I, yeah and our our world works only on capitalism right now and consumer yes we, we stop consuming yeah it's not going to be nice we're yeah. going to see what's going to happen unfortunately we are going to go through this experiment right now maybe faster than we faster than we wanted with the virus let's see yeah. a lot of businesses i, I are, cannot pronounce myself on this I, yeah me yes i'm uh, i'm kind of curious what's uh, what what's going to happen yeah. um what's the next business and this is my last question what's the next business What's the next curiosity that you have? Uh, I have something that I've been, I wrote down the business plan three years ago. Mm -hmm. I didn't have time to do it. Uh, last year I started looking up the suppliers, the chain of supply uh, partners. And uh, it's something that, it's, it's about refurbishing phones. Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of phones that I don't know end up being on sold on eBay and stuff like this. But the problem with people selling the phones to other people is trust. 
you don't know what you're buying. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're trying to build a business of trust. We'll buy okay. the phones, we'll refurbish them, they'll be tested, they'll be repaired, they'll be exchanged. And uh, after that, they'll be sold with warranty and uh, 40 day uh, return uh, policy, if you don't like it, and bring it back. Is this a new business model? No, I, I think it exists. We're not reinventing the, the okay. model. It's, uh, it's, it's new in Romania. There's nothing at this point. Okay. Because I, I, yeah, I was thinking that maybe big companies are doing this as well, but I'm not sure that they provide the same guarantee, guarantee, and then the same return uh, policy, so the same trust that you want to offer. Uh, there's not this model. Yeah, usually they yeah. give like two weeks or stuff like this. Something and, like uh, this. Yeah, um, and there's a refurbishing business with a lot of uh, phones that go to the third countries, mm -hmm. world countries. We want to do this uh, also here because uh, it works in Europe. It works. It started working in US. So, yeah. Good but luck we with need that. find yeah we need to find people that will will be in charge of this. Good luck. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I have something else on my plate. You know, in the background, you're, you're telling me. Okay. So, so yeah, yeah, that's one thing that I that I that uh, I think should be understood by everyone. Having a backup plan helps yeah. keeps you creative keeps you moving uh, moving forward because you always have something in the back of your mind yeah a safety a safety net is always uh, it's always good, it's yeah. always useful yeah andre thank you so much for sharing your change experience what you've been through your failures your learnings so can everyone can understand and maybe find it useful and uh, take the leap and become an entrepreneur thank you for inviting me Thanks it's and talk soon. Talking to you. Okay. Bye Take bye. care. Have a nice Sunday. Bye bye bye.